Welcome to my Disney Addiction Podcast. I'm your Disney detective, Greg. And I'm your number one ghost host, Chris. Well, Chris, it looks like we have a new member joining us today. It does. Yes. Uh, so, why don't you introduce yourself by telling us your name, where you're from, and for how long you've been a Disney addict. Hi, I'm Lisa from Brookfield, Wisconsin, and I've been a Disney addict for 18 years. Thank you very much for tuning in, you guys. We are very happy that you are here to join us for our first ever episode. Our pilot episode. So excited. I mean, it's been a long time coming. Oh my gosh, Greg. Um, so this was something that started when we were in our training class at work together. We met at work. Yep. Literally hit it off the first day. <laughs> That's because I saw your... Um, mickey mouse phone cover and i was just like oh do you love disney oh my gosh and i'm like wait you love disney too oh my gosh addict <laughs> and so we found out we were both addicted to disney and over work breaks over lunches together we ended up deciding hey why don't we go ahead and make this a podcast funny story actually we were oh boy what are you what are you gonna say <laughs> we were on a walk together and then also saying that um talking about it and our co-worker <clears throat> actually was like you guys should create a podcast for this i think you guys would be good at this and we're like hey funny you should mention that yeah so i think we definitely are excited to be doing this never done this before so first time podcasting yes, so i'm really really excited i think it was high time that we would you know throw our hats in the ring yeah i mean we're definitely not you know the disney experts in the sense of we have our own travel agency we're you know we don't live in florida but the thing is you can love disney no matter where you're at right disney owns the world pretty much at this point pretty much <laughs> yes <laughs> or they're gonna buy them out soon <laughs> i know um so i just kind of want to let you guys know that we're gonna be a little bit different than other podcasts there are tons of podcasts out there like one of my favorites is the diz unplugged and their whole network of podcasts I also love um, WD uh, Radio. Uh, I think that's right with Lou Mangello. I mean, there's a ton of other ones out there as well. But I think we want to do a little bit differently. We don't want to have as many um, news things unless something breaks the internet. You Literally, know? yeah. Uh, so it has to be huge for us to talk about the news. We really want to just do things a little bit differently. So I'm going to kind of let Greg, you know, take over. Like, what are we doing differently? Why, why, why Disney for us? Yes. Well, why? Thank you so much, Chris. So going uh, off of what Chris was saying and how we met at work, literally we just kicked up this conversation. It was instant chemistry and we bonded over our mutual love of Disney. And that's basically what we want to talk about in this podcast is our love of Disney. And we also want to hear from you. What makes you love Disney and why do you keep wanting to talk about it? So that we're sort of steering away from mainstream news, daily news of Disney and going more into our passion, our love of Disney. And for that, it never gets tiring to talk about. It's something completely, completely just, you know, it comes straight from the heart. Yeah, I think there's a lot that Disney fans can talk about because not every Disney person who loves Disney, whether it's they bleed, you know, Mickey Mouse, right. that sounded bad. Hot dog! <laughs> yeah, that sounded very bad. I mean, a lot of people love Disney, no matter who you are. You, If I turn on The Lion King and you hear the intro to The Lion King, everybody knows it. Everybody. E everybody. I mean, within a second. Yeah. If that. And so this podcast is aimed for fans all across the board, from Disney super fans like Chris and I to people who enjoy sitting down with their kids watching Disney or even, you know, singing along to one of their favorite Disney songs. So it's going to be much more geared at the whole of Disney. So things that you could listen to this 15 years down the road and you could be like, yeah, I definitely still love the parks for that reason. Or I still love the Disney movies for that reason. So exactly. that's what we're aiming at. So one of the other things that we're going to be, you know, just kind of hitting on really quick here uh, on the beginning podcast, just so you guys kind of know what the format is, what we do and how you guys can participate. Because we also want this to be a very much disney addicts driven podcast like me and greg obviously are the hosts 
we, we do control a lot or 95% of what happens in this. 95%. And by 95, I mean 100%. 100%, of what... <laughs> sure, yeah. Let's just go with the full 100. 100%. But we want you guys to be a part of this. So, like, one of the things is we're going to have an intro, and we really want you guys to be a part of it. But if you send us an audio or a video recording, we will feature you on the podcast in every single intro. So that is something we definitely want to do. What would they have to do to be featured? What do they have to say? Great question. So basically just give us your name, where you're from, and how long you've been a Disney fan or Disney addict in this case. And send your video clip or audio clip to mydisneyaddictionpodcast at gmail.com. So when you send those video or audio clips in, when you send the email, definitely send us one of your favorite Disney quotes. And we will put that in the, put that at the end of each podcast. So, Greg, I think it's time to actually get started here. I think so. So let me let me ask you a question, okay. Greg. And this is for all of our listeners. This is what our next series is going to be. It's going to be, why Disney? Like, out of everything in the world, you know, you have, I don't know, Game of Thrones. You have... Harry Potter. Harry Potter, which... If anybody knows me, I've listened to all the audiobooks like 10 times. I can quote the movie just from hearing two seconds of a scene. You love Harry Potter almost, almost as much as Disney. I love Harry Potter just as much as Disney, <laughs> no. but there's more to love about Disney because they've been around longer. They have more stuff. Exactly. Uh, but I definitely love Harry Potter, so I'm not even going to lie about that. Um, we can definitely talk about that because I have been to Dis uh, Harry Potter World, so we can talk about that versus Disney World. Um, but in this series, we're going to be talking about why Disney for us in general, and then we're going to hit on other topics throughout the series. And this series is going to go on through the next four weeks, and we're going to be dropping a podcast once a week to start off with. Maybe down the road, we'll see what happens. We might be able to release more. More content may come out. But as of right now, we're going to do one podcast a week. So, Greg, as we move forward here and we're trying to get to that theme right. and our listeners can kind of start debating in their own heads and thinking along or, you know, smiling when they're like, yes, that's why I love it, too. Or exactly. Like, Greg, you don't know what you're talking about or whatever. <laughs> or Chris, yeah. I keep throwing you under the bus. <laughs> I keep throwing me. I'm just the punching bag of this duo right here. Oh, that's all right. Uh, it's okay. You're in more shape than me, so you can take it. That's okay. Well, I that's, won't deny it. I was going to say, because that's because that's you're young and in shape, and I'm a dad and worn down and tired. <laughs> and I do go to Disney World all too often, so I've definitely done my fair share of you know, park hopping, walking literally 20 miles a day to get and see everything before the sun sets. When was the first trip or initial experience that you had? Right. Or so, both, you know, like when was the first time you remember going or if you don't remember, when was the first trip you physically were at Disney? Right. So my first ever trip, uh, we went to Walt Disney World in 1996, I believe. And uh, I mean, I was about three, three and a half at the time. So I don't remember all too much, but it was still quite the memorable experience. Um, I remember being completely scared of the Snow White and the Seven Dwarves ride at Magic Kingdom. But uh, one awesome thing that sort of got me so excited to go to Disney World for the first time was uh, about three months before, I, I, I just broke my ankle. I broke my ankle. I was jumping on a mattress, believe it or not. My mom took it out of the bed post. It was on the ground. We were changing sheets. And literally, you know, it was like, you know, five little monkeys jumping on the bed. <laughs> and I took a bad bounce and I landed on the ground, landed funny on my ankle and fractured it. So I ended up getting a walking cast and uh, the, the, the doctor said, I don't know if you know, you'll be able to, to get it taken off before your vacation hits. And so I was really bummed about that, but it, it turns out that you know, being a, you know, a three-year-old, three-and-a-half-year-old, bones are very supple and limber, um, they were able to... Did you just say supple? Very supple, <laughs> yes. You bounce right back. <laughs> Literally, I mean, when you're that young, you have more cartilage than bone in your body. Now, I'm not a doctor. Is but that true? I think that's true. Your dad's a doctor. Is that true? 
I'm going to hold you accountable for yes. your dad's knowledge. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. You have more cartilage as a kid than an adult. Because, you know, anyway, I don't want to get off on a bone tangent. But uh, um, my, it was like true Disney magical fashion. My walking cast got off literally the day before our plane ride. And so that just set it off on such a high note. And uh, we went during the 25th anniversary for Walt Disney World. So I know this is a lot of divisive for fans who remember this, but they decorated Cinderella Castle as a huge birthday cake. And as a kid, I loved cake. I loved all the different colors. I thought it was amazing. I loved that nice uh, nod to like the history of Disney World and this awesome anniversary. But um, that was my first initial, uh, you know, memory to, to Walt Disney World. Like, hey, super happy. I got to get my walking cast off. And uh, I was scared of the Snow White and Seven Dwarves ride, which is no longer there, unfortunately. Yeah. No, yeah. So I feel that for me, what, my first experience, I don't remember. Um, thanks for asking me, by the way. I'm How? kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> How about you, Chris? See, this is what happens when you throw me under the bus. It's just I just don't even ask you anymore. I don't care. No, I, that's all right. I care. I care. Now he cares, people. <laughs> so my first experience, I don't even remember. But luckily, my dad was and is obsessed with recording videos, home movies all the time. And I think I might have been three or four three or four years old because my sister wasn't yeah my sister wasn't around yet okay so my parents took me to disney world and this was back in 90 so i was born in 88 so that would put me what is it 91 or 92 wow so at that time i was just a twinkle in my father's eye i wasn't even born yet (laughs) (laughs) yeah so i ended up going with my mom and dad and so that was before um animal kingdom that's right because animal kingdom uh was introduced in 1998 if my memory serves. yeah so it was it's it was only epcot magic kingdom and hollywood studios right yes but back then it was called mgm studios and yeah. I, to this day we won't get into that let's still mgm man let's won't get so i digress one of the things is uh so we i did that when i was you know at that young age and i don't remember it but my dad recorded it and lots of fun videos um, so pretty much every single time we went to Disney when we were growing up, there were lots of videos, multiple funny things that I look back on. I'm like, wow, I was, how did I survive? <laughs> or like, again, supple bones, man. I, I tell you, kids just bounce back. You got to stop using that word. <laughs> but one of the things is I remember when I ended up going um, with my my grandparents and my parents and my siblings, and I might have been twelve or thirteen at the time. Okay. Um, I'm trying to remember because they had zip off uh, pants that turned into shorts. So I don't know if I would have. Oh, might've... that craze, right? Okay. Yeah. So yep. I think I might have been either in high school or just before high school. But I was gotcha. a moody little punk. <laughs> I, I, you know. I saw all the videos. I had my sunglasses on. I just didn't want to smile. It's kind of like. <laughs> family photos and I'd be standing on the side like man I don't need you people <laughs> and I look at myself now I'm like wow you little punk right. I would slap myself if I could go back in time <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so I mean like that was my earliest memory when I was a kid well by well not my memory because I don't remember I don't I don't remember it okay. but I, I saw the videos of it yeah thank you for your dad and my dad also loved recording videos so we have literally every every second of our disney vacations recorded and uh i've been to walt disney world 25 times and every time we go down we try to do our best to uh you know record and so it's it's really cool we have like our own little library collection of every year that we've gone down and it was just it's really cool because it it just gives me a blast of nostalgia um, so going off of that, Chris, uh, in terms of nostalgia, um, 
what was your first impactful Disney experience or memory? Well, the first impactful Disney memory, oh my gosh, I don't even know how old I was. Uh, but my grandparents took me and I think my sister. My brother wasn't even born yet. Okay. So they took us to go see um, Snow White. So obviously, I was born in 88. Right. Not originally seen it in the theaters, but... Oh, for a second, I was like, wow, that's, that's impressive. Yeah, I actually know how to do the whole time travel thing. You do? So I can tell you how Endgame got it wrong. Zetus <laughs> it's That's uh, awesome. But no, so they took us to go see Snow White and the Seven Dwarves in theaters. Okay. Um, I remember that as a very vivid memory because the witch in the movie scared the living crap out of me. Like, to this day, like... When she becomes that old hag, oh it still gosh. creeps me out. And that laugh, it just oh it my. shivers my bones. So that was like one of my first uh, impactful Disney memories. And there might have been earlier ones, but that was the one I remember being one of the most. What about for you? Okay. For me, uh, it actually was during my second trip to Walt Disney World. And that was a fun trip just because we also brought in uh, my uh, maternal grandparents. So we got to experience... Uh, the trip with them but uh we went to mgm studios and we saw the indiana jones epic stunt spectacular and i just remember being so floored by that like i was able to see one of my favorite action heroes up close and actually take a picture with him after the show so when we got back to our hotel uh actually resort it, we, we we were staying at the wilderness resort um, at that time, I remember just wanting to uh, jump on my bed and become Indiana Jones. So uh, we actually have it recorded where it's me jumping on my bed, like fighting like Indiana Jones, falling down like Indiana Jones, doing the whip trick, everything like that. And I was just, I was so happy and I definitely felt like I was Indy. Okay. So that was the first initial one. So let me yep. spin it a little Ooh, bit. Okay. Spin it like a teacup ride, man. I don't do those. I'm too. <laughs> oh come on! <laughs> oh, you're young. One of these days, you're gonna be. You're gonna get older like me. Right. And it's not gonna feel good. Right. Um. Well, so. We'll see. Uh, but you also exercise and don't eat like I do. <laughs> True. So, so that might that might pose a factor. You eat fruits and vegetables, and I eat steak and more steak. <laughs> see, steak is good, but I actually do enjoy veggies as well. So. So I. Nice uh, blend. Moderation, folks. My, see, this is also a uh, a diet podcast. <laughs> that it will not be because if you go to Disney, you do anything but diet. That is so <laughs> true. Oh my gosh, talk about the turkey legs. We'll, okay, we'll and, get there. We'll get there. Yes, we'll get there. We're foodies, so we can. That tangent can actually be in another episode. That could be a five-hour tangent. Yes. So let me change that question a little bit for okay. you here, Greg. Okay. What was the most in, in for you? Maybe not important. Okay. But one of the most, like, it hit you the hardest. Like, this was Disney to me. Like, not Disney, first Disney experience, yeah. not one that was fun, but the one that was like, this is the reason why I love Disney. This, this is what Disney is. Yes. So, the first thing that comes to mind is when, uh, this, is, this is actually a couple of years ago. Um, 2018, I was visiting a friend uh, who lives in Sarasota. That was a year ago, folks, not a couple. <laughs> Me and fast math, man, it just it, it doesn't work. Uh, but anyway, I was visiting a friend in Sarasota, Florida, which is on the west coast. And after visiting him, I figured that I'd just travel to Disney because it was about a, a two-hour drive away. So I was driving there all alone. Uh, every other time I had went to Walt Disney World was with family. So. Um, I didn't know what to expect going to Disney World alone, and plus I was meeting up with another friend there. But but regardless, um, it was it was right when I got onto Disney property and I was turning into the Hollywood Studios parking lot was when it hit me. Like for some reason, I teared up, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, I am here! Like let's have some fun!" And it it made me turn even like back more into a kid like of course I'm a kid at heart but 
I don't know, I, I just started tearing up. I was overcome with joy. I was like, oh my gosh, let me just park. I wanna go in, I wanna ride a rock and roller coaster. I wanna do everything, I wanna eat. So that, that just really turned, well, I mean, of course I already always knew that I was a huge Disney fan. I loved going down to the parks, but for me to have such an emotional response, you know, when I was in my mid twenties, I was like, you know what, this is why I love Disney. This is what happens when you, I guess, just relive your childhood. And Disney does a, su such a great job at that. It just, they make you want to be a kid again. No, I agree. I, I like that. That was awesome. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> I don't know if that was sarcastic or anything like that. But no, no, it was great. No, I, I got a little it's sappy. In, no, on, it's, on it's interesting that, um, so, so how old are you? 26. You're 26. Okay. So for those of you who are in your mid twenties or what culture thinks of mid 20 year old guys is that they're very stubborn, hard hearted, like I got to be a man's man and show no emotion. Right. You know, whatever, regardless of what's happening in society and what people think about it. True. It's interesting that Disney had that impact on you. On a, at and I was a, surprised. On a 26-year-old guy. Yeah. Because it's supposed to be for kids. Like, why, why is it affecting you? Why does right. it matter? So, I mean, it's it's not for kids. Like, just, that's the, I think, the stereotype that a lot of people are thinking who aren't, like, true Disney fans. They're like, oh, Disney's for kids, you know. That's why, you know, the movies and music are made. But, but in general, why Disney as an adult? I mean, it transcends your age. And I believe that you never truly grow up. You always have that sense of wonder in yourself. Of course, you know, you with your experiences, you become more mature or you uh, tend to make other things a priority. But something that's so powerful in the human psyche and emotion, mm -hmm. in my opinion, is just that sense of childhood wonder, of pure magic, and for, for any company or anything that would allow you to get a glimpse of that, that's a super powerful emotion. And you're just not prepared for it, but it brings you so much joy. Yeah, no, I, and that's why I really wanted to hit on that because yeah. you are the stereotypical antithetical person to what Disney should, quote unquote is, right? right? Yeah, for sure. And so uh, before I forget to ask you about your opinion, how about you? <laughs> How about you, Chris? How about me? How about uh, you? Yeah, I think one of my favorite uh, Disney um, re experiences mm -hmm. actually happened in 2018 as well. Actually, we might have been at Disney together before we even knew each other. You know what? That is a heavy possibility. I ended up going that year at the end of August, beginning of September. Sorry, which year? 2018. So if you went in 2018, I went in 2018, but I went in, I went at the end of August, beginning of September. That was me. You were I there? I was there. Oh my God. I was there. Yeah. So in 2018, I went in January and then I went again in late August, early September. Folks, do you oh hear that? We probably crossed paths. I probably ran into this guy and kicked him over because he took the last turkey leg. <laughs> you know what? And uh, actually, I do remember that. I still have a bruise. That was you. That was a lie because I've never met you before. <laughs> and and also I I've never had a turkey leg. So, <laughs> we, ladies and gentlemen, we will not get into that discussion. The fact that he has not had a turkey leg. I know I know it's supposed to be one of the like main things that you have to do, a main staple. Don't worry. We'll get one there. of these trips okay. exactly. We'll get there. We'll get there. Don't worry, folks. I am working on him. Good. So here's one of my most memorable things it was back in 2018. Um, me and my wife have been married since 2013, and uh, April 20th. So for 2018, so I mean, that was in April, and I knew we were going to Disney that year. Um, that was, we were taking, you know, it was a big family trip with my mother-in-law and my, you know, my, my mother-in-law, father-in-law, you know, my brother-in-laws and their significant others, you know, so it was like, my sister-in-law, her husband, my brother-in-law, his fiance, and just my brother-in-law. Just a good old gang getting together. Whole family, Woo. right? 
And so we planned it out a year in advance because we had gotten free dining. So I planned with my sister-in-law, who was pretty much running the show, um, can, <clears throat> can you, I know it's not part of the free dining, but can you book me Victorian Alberts from my, from, so I can take my wife there as our five-year wedding, uh, wedding anniversary gift. Um, so they were like, yeah, that's, that's fine. Which, what do you want? I'm like, um, I want to do the chef's table. Um, but like we said, I'm a huge foodie. Um, I love studying the science of cooking. I've watched all the Harvard lectures on the science of cooking. Oh, goodness. So I'm, I'm a huge cooking person. And my sister-in-law wisely said, if you do the chef's table, you will probably not be talking to your wife at all for your five-year anniversary. <laughs> You'll just be totally focused and dialed in. Yeah, she'll be like, you will probably end up trying to get into the kitchen and being <laughs> and be taught at the same time. Hey. And I was like, which would be awesome. Of course. And so she, she said... Um, I would recommend the Victoria Room, which only has four tables. Mm, fancy. And so I was like, okay, why don't we do that? Because obviously, you know, this is for my wife, and I don't want it to turn into me, because that could easily have happened. So I, so I planned everything with my wife. I got to make this short, because this could turn into a very long story. Right. So essentially, it's that I took my wife to Victorian Alberts in the Queen Victoria Room. Um, we ended up getting a few add-on items to the menu. By the time we were done, I think it ended up being like 12 or 13 courses because the chefs ended up making a few other courses, like just surprise ones that were awesome. Um, they had a w water menu. Water. A water menu. H2O menu. Agua? Yes. Like, <laughs> like not a piece of paper, yeah. like pages <laughs> of, of water. Wow, okay. <laughs> so I ended up okay. getting a sparkling water from France. Ooh la la. It was, and I hate sparkling water. Absolutely hate it. But it sounded very interesting by the description. Um, yeah. And I tried it. And it was like, if you could take cotton candy, but without like the stickiness and like the um, sugariness, but just have the very light, delicate taste of cotton candy with a little bit of tingle, which is a very, very Ooh, slight. I love me some That's tingle. what it was. It was amazing. Wow. It was so far. And then my okay. wife got a clear water from Scotland. Um, the most expensive water on that menu comes from a, I think it was a, it's an ice cap that only unfreezes enough to get some water out once a month out of the year. It's like freaking $2,000 for a glass of that water. <laughs> <laughs> I did not order that oh one. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, I would have just, I would have left right now if you ordered that. I'm yeah. like. <laughs> so like, but the one, one of the, so like me and my wife, that was the one of the best food experiences of our entire lives. Um... And the way the waiters, the maitre d', um, the general manager, the chefs, I mean, they came out, they took us through the kitchen, um, all that. It was, if you wanted something, they brought it out before you thought of it. And it was just very interesting. Like, they gave us, like, a bunch of, like, I think it was the maitre d'. He ended up talking about how they traveled, really broke down, like, the background of what they do there. And it was just so much fun. And then... One of my, I gotta throw this in there, and then we'll jump forward because, folks, this is we were supposed to be doing our pod, like an hour podcast, and we're already at almost an hour. Almost, yes. And we have like fifteen questions to go through <laughs> on the first episode. Yeah. So I don't know, folks. Maybe we might make this into the premiere first episode. Make it like two hours. Probably. Yeah. I don't know. I don't we'll know. See. We'll see. We'll see. But one of the awesome things that I got there was one of my bucket list things. And what was that, Chris? It is the most expensive steak in the world. Okay. It is grade A5 Wagyu beef. Wow. Okay. I think I've heard of that. Is it from Japan? It's from Japan. Oh, wow. I've always wanted to try it. Uh-huh. Six ounces. No, not six ounces. Four ounces. Upgrade. 80 bucks. For four ounces. Wow. So, in other words, like three bites. <laughs> literally. Literally. Yeah. Yeah. So worth it. Was it worth it? I can't describe it. Me and my wife, because oh, wow. the, the other part of the entree was grass fed Kobe beef. That was part of the main course. Another good so one. that was freaking amazing. Wow. And then we tried the Wagyu and me and my wife were like, I don't know. It Game over, man. Game over. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Imagine like the, the most tender, freshest or most fresh, whatever. Yeah beef flavor you can get 
Okay. I'm trying. But then have it melt like butter, like n- not even butter, like a buttery custard into your mouth. It literally just spreads apart in your mouth. Oh my gosh! You're so so, so you're having you're having the richness of like like really pure good fats mm-hmm. from steaks, yeah. but like epic steaks. Epic. But then have the perfect freshness of like the best beef you can have, and it like coats your mouth like in that flavor. It was it was the best thing ever. I gotta stop. So here's my question though: when you were doing that ultimate dining experience. Don't ask the cost. I wasn't going to, but now, <laughs> but now I'm intrigued. Did you forget that you were on a Disney vacation? Were you completely just engrossed yes. that, yes. that um, you were just at, a, at this amazing restaurant, literally in heaven? Yeah. Well, and that's the thing for people who don't know that the Victorian Alberts is like, I'm pretty sure a five diamond restaurant. So, I mean, it's up there. Like a three-star Michelin, like level, like it's like you're you're gonna pay for it. <clears throat> so in other words, even the two diamond restaurants, so California Grill, okay, one of the best restaurants on property, right? Yep. I doubt they could hold a candle to Victorian Alberts. Oh, wow, I doubt it. Um, but by the time I was done with all the add-ons that we did. It was with tip between eight and nine hundred dollars, but that experience was four and a half hours. There you go. And how many courses? Like thirteen. So, so like by the time we were done, we ended up having like three different desserts. Wow. And we left with a box of chocolates. Yeah. Nice. There were so many things. So wow. I mean, that was the most memorable I mean, thing. It was great because it they kept you in the great because that's what they, it's in the Grand Floridian. Okay. And great resort, by the way. Yeah, so I mean, you cannot walk in there without like a coat. Okay. And you have to, like, ladies have to wear like a nice dress. Yeah, it's literally almost black tie. Yeah. Uh, and so you walk in there. I mean, it was very nice. It the Victoria room is just four tables and a not tight. So like for people who are claustrophobic, it's comfortable. Yeah, it's comfortable. It is like a very Victorian style, but it's v- very shut off. You don't even realize you're there anymore. You think like you're in like I don't know the presidential suite. You know, in the Ooh. Hilton in New York. There we go. Like, it's very, very classy, very epic. Yeah. By the time we got out, we were like, oh my gosh, we're still in Disney. <laughs> it's so weird. Yeah, so, you're, like, you just get transported to a completely different world. Um, and that's so cool. And speaking of getting transported, we've just been honing in on, like, the Disney park, like Walt Disney World. To sort of maybe take a step back uh, as we, you know, wrap up this episode, just in a more general aspect... Why Why is it Disney in all the other aspects? Comparing my Disney vacations to other vacations that my family did. I mean, right. we took a road trip to South Dakota. I've been to New York City. I've been to California. I've been to South Carolina. So I've been a few places. Yeah. Um, all, I mean, Panama City Beach. Been to tons of places. Loved them all. Panama City Beach was awesome. Condo right, literally, I just go down the elevator walk 30 feet and I'm on the ocean. So, I mean, that's awesome. Right. Um, South Dakota was really cool, especially if you go to Wall Drug. Don't worry about it. It's, um, we'll get, I'm, I'm going to get off on tangents on vacations. Um, oh, my parents did a ton of houseboating as well. Forget it. Okay, okay, stop, 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 <laughs> Look stop. at you. I can just see, like, you're going off in a million directions. Your eyes are, like, going back and forth, like, okay, what should I talk about now? <laughs> so, one of the things that I liked about Disney Vacations Versus other vacations. And, you know, I'm super grateful that my parents um, gave me and my siblings the opportunities they did to try other things. Because now I appreciate other things where um, I don't think Disney fans would say that there aren't other things. But there's a reason why they go back. And I know why they go back. Because you are paying a premium. Right. Let's not even joke. But you sort of get what you pay for. And Disney does it to the top. Like, they plot all the stops, they make it worth it, and... Yeah, so, I mean, like, for me, that's what we did. Um, so, let me kind of ask it uh, for you, because I don't want to get too much into general generalities, because right, we, we'll, we, we have other episodes Other coming. episodes for that. But let me ask you this. Sure. Um, kind of for me, like, loved other vacations, but, like, Disney, there was something about it that brought out the childhood in me. They were fireworks, parades, like... Tons of theming, but for you growing up, um, you had a little bit different of an experience because my parents would always 
when we went down there, we w- would go down there. I think I've only went down there with my family like four times. Okay. Which, for some people, is like only four times. Like only four? What are you talking about? Yeah. yeah. But for you, you had a different experience. So what about right. your family vacations growing up with Disney versus other ones? Yeah. So, I mean, I would say it's it's different than, than your experience just because literally our vacation was going down to Walt Disney World. That was our annual tradition. That was our annual trip. I mean, of course, we would, you know, go to some water parks up here, um, like Wisconsin Dells, uh, and we would visit family, but we wouldn't travel to any other state or any other country. It would just be decidedly Disney for my childhood. And so, um, and again, Disney did it so well that I would, I would look to, I would pretty much just wait for that vacation to happen every year. That would be the shining point of my year. And so we would go down, like I said, every year. uh, And for a week, we would just pull out all the stops. Um, I have a large family, uh, of course, two parents and then four younger brothers. So uh, it was always a a production getting down there. But even going to the airport, that was fun. Like waking up, like we would usually get the early hour flights. Uh, we would have to get up at 4 a.m., be to the airport by like 5:36, and I was just so jacked to do that. Like I wanted to. It was like it was like waking up on Christmas morning. This is like we're going to Disney. We would hop into the car with all of our luggage. We'd put on Disney songs on the way to the airport. It was great. So. Did, I don't really have a whole lot of other experience with other vacations outside of Disney. Uh, though when I did get older, my family tried to branch out and do like Universal Studios and SeaWorld and Six Flags. But honestly, you know, back to the whole candle analogy, they don't hold any candles to Disney. Disney does it right. They, I mean, they're the first, I mean, they were the instigator of the theme park the way we know it. I mean, Walt Disney, created something that was so different and 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 saw value in it to bring to these guests that would come to his you know place every year so um we just didn't have any burning desire to try out anything else for the longest time and now since i'm getting older i would like to travel you know uh the world is is a large place and there are other disney parks around the world so that's on my bucket list i want to hit up every disney park in the world uh but I mean, we were just completely content with Disney. We knew what we were getting, and there's always something new happening, new refurbishments, new rides added. Uh, and Disney World is so sprawling, it's so large that you literally cannot do it all in one to two weeks if you stay there consecutively. Yeah, I definitely think there's too much to do. There is too much. Which which is like a good problem to have. Yeah. Um, so do you feel that with everything you know from our experience and for those of you who don't know because we didn't say that in the beginning um which once again first time doing a podcast number one um so <laughs> bear with us i we, we we're in milwaukee wisconsin and so for those of you um who know it gets cold up here so cold Last January, we got down to negative 60 degrees. With the infamous polar vortex. <laughs> that was awful. And Oh my gosh. So like, for us, I don't know about you, but I'm like, I whenever I think of vacation, my brain immediately goes to, I want to go to Disney. 100%, yeah, without hesitation. And so one of the things is, when we look at Disney, we also think of it like, it's not just going like like a theme necessarily but it is like for us in wisconsin or like in michigan new york you know washington like anywhere in the north yeah or even in places like canada obviously it's like we're not only getting to go to a themed place but we're getting out of the cold and so like that was one of the other things too it's like okay i can be somewhere warm now yeah it's been hot and humid mainly down there (laughs) Yes. But, I mean, it's definitely a different thing. Um, so, one of the other things that I kind of want to ask, Greg, because mm-hmm. you can have a different experience than me, specifically. Your family um, is gonna is actually 
has done and does do um, Disney Vacation Club. Your dad actually bought into that relatively early. Yes. So why don't you give us a little bit of a breakdown on that? Because um, we'll do a whole episode on you know Disney Vacation Club because me and Greg both want to buy into it, not together. Um, no. Yes. Which isn't a, a no. Right. Like maybe. It, I mean, we'll see. But my first anything can happen. My first thought would be I want to get Disney Vacation Club for me, my wife, and my kids. Right. But you're you're, you're definitely close. I am on that list. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Warms my heart. But do you feel that? How did Disney Vacation Club? Because not everybody had that, but that was a small piece. Just give us give us a small little bit of why was that special for you? What made that your what made your Disney experience with DVC so much better than what you would say is a normal Disney vacation? Right. So, well, the first thing is back to what you were saying. You know, Disney is a premium mm-hmm. when you go down there. With the Disney Vacation Club membership, you do get discounts on food and merchandise, um, which is a, a great benefit. Uh, so to start things off, that's, that is like the number one thing. But also, you also are available to uh, just spend your time in a resort that has villas. And villas, I don't know if, if any of our listeners know this, but they're a little bit different than the traditional like apartment sort of kind of room on a, on a vacation where, you know, typically it's just two beds, you have maybe a TV and then you have an adjoining um, like door to go into another one. Um, you know, pretty much like a an expanded dorm room as it were. But the villas, uh, especially to my family since we have a large family, uh, it, it worked out so well. Like it has a kitchenette, you have a little family area, you know, to watch movies, just to, to rest your feet after a long day in the parks, and then two or three separate bedrooms. And I just loved that spaciousness to it. Again, it also brings a certain level of uh, premium to it. So it heightens your experience. It makes you feel uh, more like royalty. Um, for lack of a better word. Can you stay in the Cinderella Castle? Oh, you know, that's that, not part of DVC. No, that's not. Just because, again, side tangent here, it's really difficult to actually get a a, a, a spot in, in Cinderella Castle. Like I heard um, sometimes you'd ha- you, you would just have to be the lucky person that a cast member would stop yeah. to say, hey, you know, th- look at what we can offer you. Or... I even heard that people who propose in front of the castle get um, a a uh, a night stay at Cinderella Castle yeah. as like a little bit of a congratulations. Yeah, me so, and my wife didn't get that because I proposed in front of the castle. Oh, you did? Too. It's oh, actually man. on YouTube. I actually performed with the Dapper Dancers oh, to propose. D- that quartet, man, that's awesome. Yeah. That is uh, so cool. Yeah, so I mean basically DVC, you get a lot <clears> of benefits uh, you stay in uh, a more spacious villa, and um, there's also you know perks for for vacations as well. All right, so let me we're gonna ask one more question for kind of like both of us yeah. here, and then we're gonna wrap it up for this episode because mm-hmm. this went a lot longer than we were expecting. It did, it did, uh, but hopefully you enjoyed it. Um, and this is just we wanted to introduce ourselves, kind of our experiences here first. Um, later on episodes we're definitely gonna get into discussions where I know when I listen to podcasts I'm listening thinking like oh yeah I like that oh yeah no I don't agree with that or I could see that and like you kind of debate in your head that's what I love about podcasts right that's why I don't so much like listening to all the news because like I have my thoughts but it's like I want to what things about Disney do other people love that I'm like I don't see that or whatever yeah but you can bond over so here's my um, question to you Greg the last question Uh, last question for both of us here Uh, you can definitely answer first Overall, not just trips, not just because you've been on Disney Cruise Line. I have not. I've been on other cruises with my family. Mm-hmm. You have done Disney Cruise Line. Um, regardless of like your overall experience, just not just one thing individually, but everything. Why Disney? Like, what constantly brings you back to the idea of let's do Disney or? Let's turn on a Disney song. Let's watch a Disney movie. What brings you back to something Disney? I mean, that that simple question has such a complicated answer. It's just like there are so many things. Like some parts of it I can't really explain. It's just the way it makes me feel. I think it, it's 
it, it harkens... Okay, don't go practical. Don't go practical. Okay. What 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 tugs at your heartstrings, as it were? What pulls your mind to? Let's let's get it as they you know a little ethereal, ethereal or a little bit existential yeah. Yeah. for this question. What what brings you back? How has Disney grabbed onto your heart yeah. and your mind? Well, I think it it, it just my parents started me off young uh, with the music, with the movies, with the trips. So whenever I think of Disney or um, you know talk about Disney, I just get transported back to those awesome times in my childhood. Uh, singing along to those songs, playing with my Disney toys. Uh, it just it just makes me feel like a kid again and where all my worries just get thrown out the window. So it, it's it's sort of a little bit of a respite, you know, from the adult life, um, which isn't all bad, but I believe that, you know, when you when I think back on my childhood, Disney is literally around every corner. So that would be my, my answer. What yeah. You? Oh, man. Yeah, to me, I mean, if just the idea of what Walt Disney did, right? Yep. I mean, Walt Disney himself, the man was just his imagination I mean limitless there's yeah. stories of Roy Disney saying that you know when he, even when Walt was a kid he'd have to give Walt a quarter to go get paper and draw you know even as a kid so it's like I think from a young age Walt had this idea that imagination and the effect of what imagination can do on a human being will be very effective and that's how he drew people in and I think because of how, what he believed in he obviously started an empire and that's what I think they that Disney has done so well and by now and I, I mean Disney as a company at this point now um, regardless of some of the thoughts of Bob Iger or anybody else I think what Walt Disney started the philosophy behind it whether people carry that same philosophy or all of his philosophies anymore are a different question but the idea of grabbing people's imagination, grabbing that what story, grabbing that like a story can bring you in, a story can make you cry. You can you can literally hate a figurative character, like hate them. Yeah, and it's basically just lines that yeah. they drew, you know, because they, they animated it so well. And not even a drawing, just like words on a page. True. Right? And Disney took that and applied it to animation, and applied it to like everything and then he revolutionized the whole industry yeah and with music and like so i just love how to me why disney existentially is that what they have done is taken something that's universal storytelling whether that's through music like obviously fantasia all storytelling through music right obviously there's animation in there but the animation was themed around the story of the music mm -hmm. um they take that and they so apply it that your heart and your mind just engages to the point where like I like well, kind of what we entered started this conversation off on this almost two hour podcast <laughs> which this is the first podcast people this is like very rare we'll ever go this long but hey this is an intro right. so here's what I like when you listen to the intro to The Lion King even if the movie's not on the second you hear that opening uh, note, you smile. Like you're, I'm not even, you're not even hearing it. And I, Greg, I see you smiling. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm grinning ear to ear. Yeah. So like, like, Disney has so affected everything to the point where like I, I, I watch YouTube reactions on, obviously YouTube and <laughs> you do. Yeah, yeah. YouTube reactions where, on the Vine. Nobody uses the Vine. Yeah, Vine. <laughs> Whatever. But on YouTube. But like. When Endgame came out, or Infinity War, the first one, the thing that's gonna wrap that wrapped up everything, or, or the start of wrapping everything up, when they used the original Avengers theme, and they slowed it down, people's emotional reactions just to a song affects them. It got like I saw videos of grown men like in tears, Good like and point. I think I just love that. Like that is what Disney is about to me. It brings people back to that sense of music, food. Um, vacations, all that stuff are like tangible things almost. Not so much music, because music isn't a tangible thing. Yeah. How it's written, don't worry, that's a whole philosophical discussion. But, like, the fact that no matter what, 
if you think Disney, some emotional reaction comes out and it brings you back. And that's what I love is that when I think Disney and what I want to take my kids to, I get happy. I have an idea of what it will be. And so that's what I just love about it, man. I think we're both hitting on the same thing. Like it pretty much, it just draws you in to a world that is very much meant to hold everything together, is very much meant to bridge certain barriers on things, which is great. And I think Disney, the man and what he built has successfully done that in a lot of areas. Right. Yeah. Because he had the guts to take his dreams and make it into a reality. And I think that's a perfect segue into the quote, uh, the ending quote of this podcast episode. Uh, It is from the man himself, Walter Elias Disney. If you can dream it, you can do it. And I think that is so powerful. It's simple, but I mean, it's true. Work hard, do your best, have positivity, and do not let anybody, anybody crush your dreams. And before we sign off, please check us out and follow us on Facebook at My Disney Addiction Podcast. Fly on over to Twitter and follow us at at My Disney Addicts. And also on Instagram with our handle My underscore Disney underscore Addiction underscore Podcast. And if you are interested in being featured at the beginning of our podcast, please do not forget to email us at mydisneyaddictionpodcast at gmail.com with your video or audio clip, including your name, where you're from, and how long you've been a Disney addict. Before I hand it off to our number one ghost host, please make sure to subscribe and let us know how we did in our pilot episode by writing us a review. It would really help us out and just get us focused on seeing what we can do to make things better and create podcasts that you love listening to. So Chris, any parting words? Once again, just make sure you keep that Disney addiction alive and well because there's always another Disney addict who loves Disney as much as you. Exactly. My Disney addiction, your number one place to get your Disney fix. Anything your heart desires will come That was a Titan Cast episode.